0: That's all I want. I just want to feel safe in the place that I find so much peace.
1: This is Defender Radio. I'm Michael Howie and this is Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife advocates and animal lovers, brought to you by The Fur Bears. Boss's story is similar to many others we've heard this trapping season but Boss was one of the few lucky ones. While on a walk with his guardian, Boss was lured to a baited snare and became entangled. Fortunately, he was able to get loose, but the event injured him and has shaken his family. Now, they're asking questions like why is trapping taking place on a trail that's listed on tourism websites, and why were there no signs indicating that active, baited traps were in the area? Amanda Duke joined Defender Radio to share her emotional story about almost losing her companion and the questions she's now asking. If you are unable to listen to this episode, I understand. But please do take action at thefurbears.com slash bctrap signs to push for trap warning signs in BC and thefurbears.com slash snares to ban snares across Canada. These links are available in the show notes and at thefurbears.com. So let's start. Let's talk about the area where you live. Let's paint this picture. I find that can be very, very important when we talk about these incidents. So you're in the Kelowna area, is that correct?
0: We are in the Kelowna area, yes. Um, Our house is located in a subdivision kind of on the edge of town. Um, We actually chose that location specifically because of the access um, to this recreational area we were in. Um, We've been Dustin was born and raised Kelowna. He's been here his entire life. I've been here going on 10 years now. We've used the area for many, many years. Sounds very similar to every other story you hear like this. Um, I mean, the trail access, just to paint you a picture how close it was, the trail access from the last set of lakes in Kelowna was under 15 kilometers, roughly about 13 k um, the location of the snare was under three kilometers from where the pavement ends. Yeah, and it was within three kilometers of two very popular parking locations for snowshoers on the Hiram Trail.
1: So there's it's it's a popular area. You would not look at it and say, "Oh, maybe the locals know about it." Like it's it's a clearly and everybody goes there kind of situation.
0: In the last few years, it has definitely become that. Mm-hmm. Um, that one parking location that I'm speaking of, um, there is a fire pit area that a lot of families come up on the weekends now. Um, they use it as a stop point to not only have the fire, but to pick up the kids on the sleds and then take them up and down these various um, trails. Yeah. It's it's a trail network of both sledding trails, quadding trails, hiking trails, snowshoeing trails. It's just a, a couple forestry roads that are connected by all of the above
1: i was going to ask if are they active forestry roads or are they the older ones or is it sort of and again is it's it is at time difficult and this is why we're careful in the language we use because publicly oh, right. accessible um even though it might be land that is set aside for specific purposes it is used commonly uh, it's almost like a yeah. it, it, you'd want to use the phrase common law or public because it's just everybody does it it's like an alleyway in a city
0: Exactly. Yeah. This um, the road that the snare was located off of is Cardinal Road. I, I I don't believe they're doing any active forestry work up the road, but don't quote me on that. I'm not a hundred percent sure.
1: But it is where, as you said, many families go. Uh, you've gone many times. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's um it's a forestry road that's the main access point for the High Rim Trail. Um, you can jump on the trail, and it basically intersects with this Cardinal Road over and over again so that you can jump off the trail and head back to your vehicle um, without venturing too far into the woods.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, and I just Googled High Rim Trail and it popped up on a whole bunch of um, hiking websites and uh, tourism websites. So
0: Yes, it is a very popular and well-advertised hiking area.
1: Okay, uh, and that just gives us the idea because... And this does not make it any less or more horrible, but it provides that context uh, of what's going on. So this is an area where you had your dog, a Rottweiler, named um, yeah. Duke, which is, wow. I mean, a uh, boss. I'm oh, sorry. your You're Duke. You're yeah. Duke. All right. <laughs> I'm
0: Duke. He's boss. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? That was John Wayne's dog's name was Duke. Yes, so.
0: it's a popular
1: dog name. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, let's see if I decide to edit that later. We'll see what kind of a mood I'm in. Yeah. Um, if, if I don't make an ass of myself at least once an episode during a sensitive subject, I, I feel like I'm not yeah. doing my job. Um,
0: oh, I'm the same way. I'm all into embarrassing myself. Right. I'm totally game.
1: All right. So we will have feet in our mouths um, yeah. and continue. So you were out with boss uh, or your your partner was out with boss or you both were. My, partner, yeah.
0: my partner was out with boss. Um, I was at work. He had the day off, so he thought it would be really nice to take Boss out there because he absolutely loves the area. And like I said, it, it just, it's just where we go when we want to take him out of the city and give him some time to run around and just, you know, do dog things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an area where this is done. It's not unusual to see dogs on long leads, off-leash, et cetera.
0: No, actually, the week prior to the incident, Um, Again, Dustin had boss up in the area and the forestry road above this forestry road. So it wasn't the same path. Um, There was a kennel club up there with a whole pack of dogs Mm -hmm. that he crossed paths with.
1: Yeah. So commonly used and anyone local would likely know that it is commonly used for dogs, uh, as well as all these other activities we've discussed. Uh, And what happened? But let's walk through what the the incident was like. Uh, I guess this is your retelling of Dustin's experience.
0: Yes. Yeah, he is is probably more traumatized than bosses from the incident. Mm. So I have kind of stepped up and started advocating for this. Um, Dustin's far more of a, you know, stick to himself kind of guy. So I am speaking on his behalf, but I did go up. I told him yesterday, I want to see where this happened. I want to walk the steps you guys walked. I want to try and understand how something so horrible could happen. So I, I did walk the path with him and he explained everything to me. Um, so they parked the truck at the popular site, um, not down below at where there's usually less vehicles parked. Because it was a Friday, there wasn't a ton of people there, but they jumped on the main high room trailhead Um, off of Gowdy Road and they did the loop to the first lookout which is approximately three three and a half kilometers to this lookout and then you pop back up onto Cardinal Road which is where the trap was set and you walk down about a kilometer and a half to Gowdy Road and then up back to where the truck is parked. So they popped up from behind this viewpoint and walked a few hundred meters down the road Dustin had gotten a little ways ahead of a boss. As, I mean, he normally, you know, catches a scent and falls behind a little bit. He looked back and saw he wasn't far behind him. And so he kind of just gave him a minute to sniff and do what he was doing. And he saw him catch a scent of something and sort of kind of veer off into the trees. Um, normally we just call him and he comes bounding right back out of the that area, but this time he said he heard just a, a scream. He said it wasn't it wasn't a yelp, it wasn't anything else. It was it was a scream, and he went completely silent. So Dustin ran up to the area where he saw him go into the woods, and not even 15 feet off the trail, um, boss was laying on the ground, struggling to breathe. So Dustin ran up and, <laughs> forgive me, I get emotional just thinking about it. Um, he's just, he's my everything boss. When you talk about fur children, that's, that's who he is to me. Um, so Dustin got up to him and realized that there was a noose around his neck and noticed the bird hanging very low to the ground and was able to get the locking mechanism off enough to slide the noose off of his neck. Um, boss did suffer um some sore spots he did have some minor lacerations but he was back to his sort of usual self pretty quickly so we we didn't take him to a vet for any sort of care um but Dustin said he was not breathing almost at all by the time he got to him within mm-hmm. a few minutes
1: yeah and it's it's frightening how fast it can happen With with traps. Uh, And what's also shocking is that at at times those traps can kill very quickly, but they can also suffer for hours. There's um, some studies that have been done using trail cams on professionally set trap lines uh, that showed a coyote in one for 23 hours and a wolf in one, I think, for eight hours it was uh, before they died. I've been watching
0: some of those videos and it has rattled me to my core.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, um, to, to watch. And I, I can empathize with, with Dustin for having sort of seen that incident. I mean, my dog went through some emergency surgery stuff in November and Mm -hmm. that alone, like I, it, it shocked me how long I've been dealing with the results of that, even though she's okay and everything worked out in the best possible case. Um, like it's still, and that's from a medical thing, let alone this kind of a crisis, um, so what what, was, what what did you do next yeah. once you know he boss comes home he's okay um you said Dustin was very sh- shaken up by it what happened after yeah. that
0: Um Dustin's immediate response was to take the traps down
1: mm-hmm.
0: um because of where they were it just didn't seem right Um So he like the, presumed
1: the, they were illegal
0: Yeah the, the the way they were set up it looked to be like it was someone illegally trying to bait coyotes. Mm -hmm. Um, That was Dustin's first initial thought. Um, So he took the traps down, not to mention all the dogs in the area. Um, He tried to report to a CO office. Um, He was unable to speak to anyone. He was kind of told that he would have to figure out if the trap was actually illegal and then contact them back and they would try to get a CO in contact with him. Um, the next morning we woke up and we hadn't heard anything and the decision was made to report it to a local um media source, Castanet. It's a very common web page here yep, we that work a lot with of locals use. Yeah, to get information. So we reported it to them to get the word out to make sure no dogs died while they were out there because we immediately came home and started researching these things and realizing how many animals were dying in them. And after the article ran, the CEO's office did get a hold of him. Yeah. They Sorry. informed him that there was a legal trapper in the area and that they wanted the traps returned to investigate. They did confirm that it was a legally set trap and it was set for a lynx or a bobcat. And then told us that the only person who was legally in the wrong was destined for removing the trap.
1: And what is your rea- I And let's just sort of give this the context again. Is your dog almost died? Dustin is yeah. shaken, uh, and yeah. it sounds very it, heavily. It
0: takes a lot to shake Dustin. He's a very, a very solid, strong individual. So mm-hmm. to shake him, I
1: knew it was traumatizing. And you, you recognize how many other dogs, families are in the area, and you realize the danger that represents and do what I think most human beings would see as the right thing and then you're told Mm -hmm. the only person in the wrong through this entire incident is dustin for taking the traps down what's your reaction to that that realization
0: uh i mean my nerves are still shot i'm still trying to kind of recover from that oh my gosh like how how could So many people care so little about dogs. Like these are, these are not possessions. These are, these are family members and these are emotional supports. And these are, you know, sentient beings that we welcome into our homes and our beds and our hearts. And it's totally okay for an individual to just be careless and to just not think, And to just see another animal as a paycheck and to go after it so inhumanely without any regard for anyone else who might be using the multi-use trails is just devastating to me. And I know I'm a crazy dog lady and I know not everyone shares my views of dogs, but we have to respect those who do. Mm -hmm.
1: I understand that a lot of dogs do well off leash and... It is frustrating when trappers or those who support trappers simply say, we'll just have your dog on leash because yeah. that doesn't resolve the issue. And realistically, if, uh, uh, you know, I see a lot of people on trails with the uh, 20 foot leads, uh, it's effectively mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, the, the rope you would have on a boat. Um, yeah. one of those floating ones, I actually have one of those too, uh, for the summer. Yeah,
0: that's that, that's what boss was originally trained on.
1: Yeah. So he could have been 20 feet off that trail and, gotten hit by it um you know like it's it's, it doesn't it doesn't remove the danger Uh, and of course that doesn't include the non-target species that we know get caught by snares regularly it doesn't uh, resolve the risk to other domestic animals including you know uh, livestock cats etc and there's still risk to people realistically especially children
0: yeah exactly and that's the other you know thing i keep going back to is there may not be children on that specific trail but i would never want to have to explain to my child why someone's dragging their dead dog down to a vehicle
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it's i i don't know i don't know how to cope with the idea of it uh to a degree yeah uh i am also a crazy dog lady so yeah
0: um. <laughs> i wear that name with pride <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what what is you have the story in cast, and that, that caused the conservation officers to actually pay attention to you um, yeah. and what else have what what else has happened? Have you been hearing from people on social media?
0: Yes, yeah, so I have actually been doing a ton of research. I am one of these individuals who, when I don't understand something, I have to know everything about it to try and make sense of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've found that um through my research that I mean, nearly all of these cases could have been avoided with a simple warning or a sign. I mean, past the fact of why trapping is happening or the ethics of trapping, that is such a simple solution that could have intervened in almost every case of these domestic pets dying. So what I have done is I am starting to petition around Kelowna for changes. Um, I've got a petition that I have started collecting signatures on for the Honorable Doug Donaldson asking that these signs become mandatory um, on these access points. I actually took a very similar stance to what you guys are petitioning in the case of Shasta's with the 20 meters. I have started an online presence at No Trail Traps BC just to kind of not only just build awareness, but to help bring together this sort of community who would like to see these multi-use trails safe for everyone who chooses to use them. I, uh, you know, I don't want to go against trappers. I don't want to strip them of the rights. I just want them to be held accountable when they're operating within an area that is used by multiple people.
1: It is, it is a frightening reality. Um, Mm -hmm. and have you been hearing from people who have had similar stories?
0: Yes. Yeah, actually, I've had numerous people reach out and say, oh, my gosh, you know, this happened to my dog. And they they told me there was nothing I could do and that it was it was totally legal. And, uh, you know, you look at cases like Shasta, who just in November died not far, lo- not far from here um, in a different style trap, but exactly mm-hmm. the same circumstances where they had been using the trail for years and didn't think anything of it. And I think more than anything, what I found is the more I talk about it the more people are coming forward and saying, I just had no idea. It's not even on people's radars, just like it wasn't on our radar. And if it's happening that often, it needs to be brought up to the forefront and not just some little secret that's happening out in the woods.
1: As someone who has suffered through this, uh, almost losing their dog, your partner has had a very clear impact on him. um, And you're learning more and more about this. What is your thought when you hear trappers uh say or the government say well trapping is regulated and trappers are afraid people will steal their traps and that's the reason for no signs
0: yes and that is actually um one of the reasons the ceo gave us that this trapper doesn't set up signs himself is that he has had problems with vandalism and theft in the area and i just just go a little bit farther just, just go a little bit farther, and if there's something in the area that you really, really, really want to get, just put a sign up. Like, please just put a sign up. It would help all of us sleep better at night. And if you're in an area where you really think that people who are that against trapping are going to come and steal your stuff, move to a different spot. It's just it's, it's a multi-use land. Having that license doesn't mean you own it, and I want to work together with them to make it safe I, I just I don't I don't see how putting a sign up is such an inconvenience when it's to save a life.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. And that's, you know, I'll talk with uh Julbert I always reference. Um he is a uh, an a researcher in Alberta. Uh he wrote a book called um I've got it on my desk under some papers here. Intolerable cruelty, the truth behind killing Neck snares and strychnine. It's it's a very mm-hmm. difficult read. Um it goes between technical and anecdotal. He, uh, he's the one who recorded the um the coyote and the wolf I referenced earlier, uh. And this book has references to all of his research. It explains how killing neck snares are supposed to work, etc. And he is not opposed to trapping at all. He's not opposed to hunting at all. Um, and I always find it interesting talking to him because I clearly have a different position, but we can both agree, like snares, they're like. They don't work. There is no argument yeah. to be made that they're humane. Um, and there is this public safety issue. So, like, let's, like, they we have to be We're able together. to take like, some <laughs> steps forward to make it yeah, safer for yeah. everyone. Yes, I'm going to continue trying to get rid of it, but I'm at the, the example I use, I was at a um, uh, uh, committee at the, the House of Commons a few years ago. And someone said, like, well, you want to ban snares or you want to ban traps? So, um, you know, everything is just a step on the way to that. And he said, like, well, I I want to end hunger and poverty, but I'm still going to donate to the food bank. Like totally, yeah. Like there, it's, there's it's two the different things. action
0: we can take, and it's so easy. We can mm-hmm. we can hash out everything else later, but right now, like, let's just keep everyone safe.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's again, it is such a simple thing to do. Um, Our ask is not for them to identify where individual traps are, but to say at reasonable public entry points to trails or other recreational areas. And as you said, you know, you know, on this trail you're talking about, it intersects with the roadway. So you put up, you know, sort of a neon sign, nice and visible, active trapping in area, leashed dogs, monitor children, something like that. Cost pennies on, you know, just pennies to make them. Um, And it would significantly make a difference for people um but we're, we're still fighting for that and we do have our action online as well at the furbears.com bc trap signs uh and links to all of the stuff will be in our show notes for this episode uh so as someone who's gone through this as someone who is not opposed to trapping or hunting or the other ancillary efforts here but as someone who wants to see change what's your message To the world, to BC, to your neighbors, to trappers, to government, to everybody.
0: Let's just take care of each other. Like, let's have each other's backs. Let's come together and just end the unnecessary death of these dogs. That's all I want is just. When I'm out there, if there's other people out there, I I want them to have my back. I don't want them to be another danger to be concerned about or another predator to have to protect myself against. That's all I want. I just want to feel safe in the place that I find so much peace.
1: To take action and demand warning signs and reasonable setbacks from publicly accessible areas in British Columbia, please visit thefurbears.com slash Trap signs. To join the call across the nation to ban snares, visit thefurbears.com slash snares. I want to thank Amanda for sharing her story with us, and all of you for listening and taking action. Remember you can follow me on social media for updates about what I'm working on, news items of interest, and, as always, adorable photos of JJ the Hamilton Hound. I'm at Defender Radio on Facebook and Twitter, and at Howie Michael on Instagram. Until next time, this is Michael Howie for Defender Radio and the Fur Bears reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.